Hey, last week in episode 14, I talked to my good friend, Kevin McDonald. He talked to us about how important it is to get important stories on the table. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, I invite you to do so now, but not before you listen to this episode with Goddess Carol. Welcome to Diversity Dish, where we're dishing on everything diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice related. My name is Sidrola Maruska, and we're bridging the gap between what needs to be said and what needs to be heard. Those individual experiences that are often ignored or simply dismissed. Sometimes I'm dining alone. Sometimes I'm dining with friends. And sometimes I'm dining a la carte. No matter how I'm dining, it promises to be delicious. Let's dig in. Goddess, They, Them, Theirs is the proud Momo of Sunseed Community, a platform for the practice of collective healing. Creating Goddess's tools of liberation took a whole community of support, and they hope their village's stories can resonate with others. They graduated from the Healing Arts Institute of Massage in October of 2018 and continue to explore therapeutic and spiritual practices. You can usually find them in the pagan section of the bookstore, sitting in the back of a concert, caressing crystals at your local metaphysical shop, or binge-watching old sci-fi movies while cooking. Hey, Goddess, it is so good to have you here. Thank you for agreeing to do this with me. Yes, thank you. I'm honored. Oh my gosh, my pleasure, <laughs> my pleasure. I was so glad to get your um, your request because I think you came through my, my request form, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah, and then I read it. I was like, yes, of course, why not? <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into the meat and potatoes, the nitty gritty, as I like to say, let's talk a little bit about goddess. And first thing, what are you passionate about right now? Ooh. Oh, that's a big question. Right now, I'm actually getting back into cooking. I was going, yeah, and so I'm really passionate about that and dancing in the kitchen and like rubbing on my I belly and loving my body. That feels really good right now. Love it. Yeah, um, and then also I I feel right now that this is I'm coming coming into wonderful opportunities to do repair work within my communities mm-hmm. um, and learning more about how to hold space when there's ruptures, when there's hurt, and when people need our support mm-hmm. um, and when we need other people's support. So learning how to facilitate that and also utilize it in a day-to-day basis really is calling to me right now. I love it. And especially because, you know, this is diversity dish and you're like talking about cooking. I love it. So (laughs) we will get to that again later. (laughs) But so uh, one of the things that I would love to ask you is I know that your gender pronouns are they, them, and their. Mm -hmm. And I've had conversations with people who are struggling 
with that. And I wonder if you wouldn't mind kind of bringing to light or kind of helping us understand they, them, and their mm-hmm. pronouns as they relate to people. Yes. So I would like to preface it with that people's answers might be different based on the person because it's very much an individual experience. Um, For my own experience, I like to think of my my gender as like fluctuating. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not really... Um, set as like, I feel very feminine mm-hmm. and whatever that can mean. Um, mm-hmm. Femininity and masculinity mean different things to different people. They're actually mm-hmm. really concepts which we have formulated to fit our society, to kind of organize our societies. And if you look at different cultures, there are other genders and other cultures and mm-hmm. other ways of expressing femininity and masculinity. For instance, mm-hmm. in certain countries in Africa, you'll see men holding hands and mm-hmm. that doesn't have to do um, specifically with a gender or even a sexuality. It's a form mm-hmm. of affection. So, so, so there's so many, there's nuances, but going back, I won't digress. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> going back um, to my own gender, yes, it, it, it fluctuates. There's days where I feel like a very masculine energy and then days where I feel very feminine and days where I feel neither and that feels very right too. So they, them, there felt really fitting for me to, to, to start using because to say she, her, her, or he, him, his didn't mm-hmm. feel true to myself. So it's, it's kind of an integration of everything that you feel so that whenever you're feeling differently, they, them, they're still fits because maybe today you're feeling a little bit more femme and tomorrow you're feeling a little bit more masculine, but whether, whatever the day they, them, they're fits for that for you. Is that kind of what I hear you saying? Yes, correct. And your gender doesn't have anything to do with your like genetic makeup or mm-hmm. your um, your physical parts. So mm-hmm. just because you might have one sexual or like reproductive system doesn't mm-hmm. mean that your gender has to coincide with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where people get confused. Like I've mm-hmm. had the question of like, well, what does like that part of your body tell you <laughs> um, right, you are right. and that is that's that's not the right question <laughs> um, right, right. Yeah, definitely um, and also that same in that same token um, your, your gender doesn't have anything to do with your sexual expression so, so there's so many beautiful layers in yeah. which we um, we are able to express ourselves and to Mm -hmm. exist on. Mm -hmm. And the more in which we allow ourselves to fill into those nuances, I feel like the more we can feel very connected to our bodies and true Mm -hmm. to our true selves and not have to fit within these like very boxed in definitions of what it means to be a human. Right. I love it. Absolutely. But thank you so much for explaining that because I've had conversations with people and I'm like, well, some people don't feel quite her, her, hers, and some don't feel him, his. And so they, them, their feels right. So Mm -hmm. that's what we use. I mean, you know, I'm, I feel comfortable with she, her, hers, Mm -hmm. but that's not to say that there aren't days where I kind of maybe feel like, Hmm. Maybe I should be a him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just, 
you know, I mean, because if we keep it open and we keep it fluid and, you know, we're honest and we, maybe sometimes we do feel that way and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. So thank you. I appreciate that very good elaboration on, on that subject. Girl, you know. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. The struggle, yeah. Oh, the struggle is real. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. real. So, tell us about your community. Mm-hmm. Um. So, do you mean Sunseed community, or do you yes, mean like just my community? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sorry, and that was you're right. I should be more specific. <laughs> yes. Tell us about your Sunseed community. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I uh, started, or I birthed um, Sunseed Community in October of 2018, right after graduating from massage school. Okay. Yeah. Um, So we are fairly new, and I can actually say we now because there's more than just me and Sunseed Community. Um, Nice. Congratulations. (laughs) That's gross. It is gross. It feels so great. It helps me out a lot. (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome but sunseed community is uh, a practice in uh, community healing so Mm -hmm. uh, we work with people for instance i do body and energy work so Mm -hmm. i work with people on a one-on-one level to reconnect to their bodies to practice Mm -hmm. embodiment and to work through I don't know if you, if people have read the book, like the body keeps the score or um, know about um, how we hold trauma in like the physical mm. tissue of our body. But mm-hmm. those are the things that I work on in my one-on-one sessions with people through body and energy work. Mm-hmm. And, and then we have um, workshops that we're creating. So I just finished a series called the inner wisdom keeper. And that is working um, through like generational ancestral trauma, but then also applying it on a community level. So, mm-hmm. um, and this and that one was particularly for white-bodied people. So, how are white-bodied people addressing um, their internal racism? You know, queer phobia, transphobia, all of the things that like whiteness operates from in order to persist. How mm-hmm. are they unpacking that? through um, ancestral, you know, ancestral narratives. And Mm -hmm. then how are they living into that and making it a practice within their day-to-day lives Mm -hmm. to start to like, you know, root that out and and, and grow something new. So Mm -hmm. creating workshops like that, I'm working on a a polyamory workshop, decolonizing polyamory workshop with um, other queer Black folks. Uh Uh-huh. And then consulting. Um, I'm also um, starting the path into consulting for other organizations. What type of organizations? White-led organizations. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of like, you know, diversity and equity and inclusion training. I would love to change up that language. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) working with them on... um, We'll have to talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I would would love to. I would would love to. Yes. But um, yeah, working with them. Okay. Well, let's talk about that then, because I consider myself a diversity consultant. I'm not always comfortable with that title, 
And yet I don't know what I could use to relay the same message of inclusion. So sometimes I leave off diversity and I just say equity and inclusion, right? In what I do. But let's talk about that. Like, what yes. is it that you, go ahead, girl. <laughs> Tell us. No, it's a- <laughs> I, I, I don't have like a soapbox or anything. These are more like just questions. And so I'm yes, glad to sure. be in conversation with um, a fellow black person about this. Yes. I feel like the need for diversity, equity, and inclusion is very much based upon whiteness as well, upon the idea that like we have created this like very homogenous default idea of what it means to be in society so when we think about yeah so when we um oh who is it Sonia Renee Taylor I Mm -hmm. think that's her last name talks about this in her book my body is not an apology about default bodies and how like it when we think about like you know the status quo of what the ideal person it's usually kind of like a white cisgender heterosexual able-bodied person yeah um and so when the need for diversity and inclusion is to realize, oh, wait, there are other people operating in this world that do not fit that norm. And so it's a need that like really is based off of the need for, for us again, to like do the work of unpacking our anti-blackness, ables, all of those things. But I feel like there's a way that we can say it to kind of call in more than just the need for, oh, I've pushed you all the way out here. Let me like bring you into my world and more Mm -hmm. of like, how do we, how do we see each other for who we are and not have to like even operate within this world that we deemed was the norm. Mm -hmm. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, what do you think? What do you think? Tell me something. Okay. You know. (laughs) (laughs) I, See, as you're speaking, I see exactly what you're saying. I see it. It's saying pretty much that this table is yours. You have seats at this table. Let's create some seats for other people. Yes. That it. Right? That's it. Let's create That's some it. seats for other people. This is not their table. This is your table. But let's create some seats for other people and see how that goes. Yes. That yes. is exactly not what <laughs> we want. Can I use that? That is exactly not. not. That's yeah. not, not it. How about there is a table here. There are people in this room. Everyone can have a seat at this table. Not there are people already sitting at this table. Like it's their table. Like there's no possessive within this is what I'm seeing. Mm. There's no possessive here in that this table belongs to white bodies. There is a table. Let's say the table is the business. Those who are sitting at that table are those who have shown themselves to be qualified to sit at that table, which means they can be anybody, any human body, 
yeah, I feel that very strongly that it is not, it is, we don't, I don't, we don't want to, it's almost like thinking of it as, you know, in some ways, some people think of it as an invasion. We're not trying to invade because if we were invading, that would mean that we didn't belong right? An invader, a, a disease, um, you know, zombie apocalypse, um, in, ants invading your picnic. They are not welcome, right? <laughs> but they invade. That's not what we're doing. That's not, that's not the conversation. The conversation is everyone is here and everyone is invited to this cookout. Everyone is invited to be part of this company. And everyone knows that the other person has the credentials to be at this table if they are at this table. Because there's nothing worse than being at the table and people questioning why you're at the table. Right? So that's a whole other thing to unpack over there. So right. we're just gonna <laughs> just gonna leave that over there. But yeah. Right. So there are layers to this, which is why for me as a consultant, my goal is to always go in and have conversations. I'm going to talk to you about what actually makes you feel like this is your table, which is not the words I would use, but what makes you feel that this is your table and that anyone other than you, quote unquote, is a guest or is not meant to be at that table. And it's kind of a, you know, the conversations you go in, you have these conversations and then you kind of fix, change the mindset. Just like, you know, what you said, you change mindset, you unpack certain things so that people can then go, hmm, never thought of it like that before. Mm because we're not socialized to think of it that way. So no. I would totally understand why you wouldn't think, because like you said, we're socialized to think that this table belongs to someone and we're just begging to be there. And it's not. Ooh. Yes. Yes. There's, <laughs> ooh, yep. Yep. So as you, so you stated that you graduated from m massage school. Mm -hmm. You did you do Reiki as well? Have you no. taken? Okay. Um, no, I haven't taken Reiki. I would love to. I'm actually looking to um, do my Reiki training with um, a black-bodied individual. Just massage. <laughs> okay, okay, but that that's good. So, what is your vision for your for Sunseed for the Sunseed community? Like, what is the vision that you see? And then we're gonna kind of switch things up. But what is the vision that you see for Sunseed community? Yes, absolutely. So, when when I first thought about Sunseed community, it was going to be buying land and creating these different centers on the land um, yeah. for different modalities of healing. So whether mm. that be like, you know, like kind of more Western mm -hmm. therapy, um, 
gender affirming surgery, um, you know, yoga, different ways in which we can all be practicing the healing that we need. And then like in the middle would be this wonderful big kitchen with a garden outside and we could all just come and cook. That's like the the dream. That's like the biggest dream. That Um, is a beautiful (laughs) dream. I love it. Oh, I see it. When it happens, you you come and you can come. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Um, You know, (laughs) bring your to-go bag so you can bring some food home. You know how to cook out. But I found that that when I had that dream, it was the only dream I could see. And it was so overwhelming that I, I wasn't able mm. to, to actually start. <laughs> yes. So I had to think smaller and I mm-hmm. had to come down to, okay, within this dream, what is the overall need? Like, what is, what does your heart need from Sunseed? And what do you mm-hmm. feel that others can get from Sunseed too? And it really came down to that practice in community healing. Like it's mm-hmm. a community practice in healing. So I started off smaller and I was mm-hmm. like, how about the conversations that I'm always having with loved ones, mm. um, these beautiful conversations that are inspiring me and inspiring um, my work, um, my practice, just the way I live my life. And mm-hmm. so I started a podcast mm. and then that podcast started to gr- grow. And I was like, what are, na- okay, so now how, how am I living into that? So mm-hmm. it, it's emergent and it keeps growing. And I, I like that because I can, I can, you know, work up to, you know, owning Mm -hmm. that land and sharing that land and in in like baby steps. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. That is so beautiful. And yes, I agree. It's like, instead of looking at the whole staircase, let's just look at the stair right here and what needs to happen here and then kind of go from there to the next one. Before you know it, you will be up there. You'll be like, you'll have so many stories to tell on the way. (laughs) Yes. How you got there. Yes. So, so that takes, brings me to my next question. What are some of the obstacles that you have been finding mm. along your way as you work toward this big, beautiful dream of yours? Mm. Yeah. So on a logistical level, I would say the biggest thing is kind of figuring out what feels right to legally go into like do do I want Sunseed community to be a business does Mm -hmm. that feel like it represents and will allow Sunseed community to grow in the ways that I intentioned for it to grow do I want Mm. it to be a nonprofit coming from a nonprofit background um, Mm and education does that feel right like what are some of the things that I might have to give up in order to become a nonprofit there's so many different options so that that's been a big question And so, you know, going to people who have already done these different processes and asking for advice, getting consulting feels Mm -hmm. really important. Also navigating finances, that's also Mm -hmm. big, you know, keeping, making sure that everything is like well organized so that everything can kind of have a trail back to it. Mm -hmm. I hate to say this, but like as a black bodied person, like a Mm -hmm. lot of what you do is going to be scrutinized and questioned, Mm. especially when you're asking Mm. for funding. Um, So being able to have proof of things, but how do I do it in a way where I'm not questioning my own value and my own worth? Because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the times we also question our own value and worth within those systems Mm -hmm. Um, because it's being asked of us to question that. Mm-hmm. And and then on like a personal community level, I would say again, like how to navigate 
like repair work. So like when there's disagreements with me Mm -hmm. and someone I'm collaborating with, how to Mm -hmm. handle that, how Mm -hmm. to ensure that the organizations I'm working with, like our ideas kind of coincide and Mm -hmm. that the labor isn't being like placed on all the femme people or Mm. all the black people or all the BIPOC Mm. people. So navigating that also feels like really important at at this time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're learning a lot, huh? I'm sure. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's good. It's all preparation work for that big dream. Mm -hmm. It's all preparation work for that big dream. So what is something that has happened to you along the way? So before I get into that question, I want to ask you a, a personal question. How old were you when you realized that your pronouns were they, them, there? Mm, oh, I don't have to remember how old I am now. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I would say it was around 24. 24. 24. Okay. Because I would imagine that coming to that sort of realization, that personal realization and stepping out into saying that I feel most comfortable with they, them, there Mm -hmm. would bring its own kind of pushback or confusion, of course, or stories, I'm sure. So the question I have is, what is something that has happened to you along the way, the, the longer life path, that people would find unbelievable? Something that, and you know, as a black body person, just as I am, there are times when things happen and we say this happened and people go, mm-mm. Mm-mm. You're, you're just, you're overreacting or you got it gaslighting yes that mm -hmm, that that (laughs) so yeah what is something that has happened along your path along that line along your path which I'm sure you have a few stories but that and what would you suggest would be the solution or the suggested solution to that situation I'm trying to think of one that feel yeah there's (laughs) like there's so many (laughs) I know. I know. Um, okay. So the one that comes to mind, I feel like it, it, it fits in with what we're talking about. So because of the, my spirituality, I circle a lot of people who have different like modalities of practice within that. So mm-hmm. they, they might be Buddhist, um, they might be pagan in some sort of way, just different expressions of spirituality outside of like Christianity Christian. yep. or um, it, the Islamic practice. And in one circle in which I was being taught in, I expressed that because I was non-binary, mm-hmm. I I wanted to to find a way to express that to clients because certain clients come to me because they assume that I am a woman mm-hmm. and they only want to be worked on by um, women. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. and I, so I was trying to find a way to navigate that, and the instructor of this of this group and it was meant to hold space for all the like different healers in the group mm-hmm. had me stand up 
and I forgot what like 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 kind of like repeat after him this white cis hetero male had me repeat after him and like basically what he was telling me um to do was affirm that I believed in myself and like that I um (laughs) that I knew myself Mm -hmm. And it was so humiliating because what he was doing was like telling me that like, oh, your issue is not with kind of like creating the the boundary and like, and and like expressing yourself. Your issue is you don't have enough confidence to basically like just be comfortable with being a woman. (laughs) Right. it was so humiliating and I'm looking around and I'm the only black person in the room as well. Oh gosh. Looking around at all these other people that I've had very intimate moments with, like basically like about to cry, like begging them, like, can someone please help me? Yeah. And no one came to my aid. And I was just like, I, I, I just gave up. I was like, you know what? Okay. And I sat back down and like in that moment, I could tell that, like the instructor also felt com- didn't like uncomfortable uh, with what mm-hmm. happened. Like he could tell he messed up, mm-hmm. but he was too prideful to be like, wait, 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 maybe I'm misunderstanding what you're saying. Yes. Um, and so it just led to this really big disjointedness. And it's so hard to explain situations like that to other people because, and it goes back to what we were talking about before with like being viewed as invaders like mm-hmm. we need to go deeper than like why 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 you need to bring people to the table and like mm-hmm. why do you view these people as invaders in the p- first place first place why, why do you feel the need to define who i am and not listen to how i define myself exactly there, there's there's so many layers to it um and so it's hard to explain this because you have what's happening and it's, and it's very like insidious how yes. the, the harm happens mm-hmm. um, because it's, it, it's, it's so deep and like on an energetic level, it starts mm-hmm. to eat at you. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so when I was sharing, when I was just sharing that story, I was like, it's really hard to explain what's ha- what happened, but it was, it was deeply humiliating and like, mm-hmm. it, it saddened me, but it also affirmed that I knew what I was talking about mm-hmm. and I was just in the wrong circle to be talking about it. <laughs> so. Yes. Wow. Yes. Uh, mm. When I, when you think of the people in the room, you said that you think that the instructor kind of felt discomfort. Do you think any of the other people felt discomfort? Do you think any of the other people realized what was happening? Yeah, I I don't think that all of them knew, like, the extent to the harm that I was feeling, but they definitely felt the discomfort. They knew that, like, harm was being done in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I... I don't think they knew exactly how, but I could tell on their faces this look of despair. And like, you you know, when we go into, so when we feel unsafe, we go into flight, freeze. Mm-hmm. Um, For the other fight, one, fight freeze. or flight. Fight, fight, yeah, flight. exactly. All yeah. Of those. Yes. And so, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I could tell on their face that they were going through that too. Mm-hmm. And, and they were very like frozen. Right. It's very interesting. It's really interesting to me because 
often say that there are things as black bodies, black people that we're going to notice that white people will not notice simply because they haven't been socialized to see certain things. Mm -hmm. And then maybe sometimes they will see something, but they've also been socialized not to talk about certain things. And so they stay in this place of, okay, that was uncomfortable. Do I say something? Do I not say something? Then the time passes and then it's like, well, um, oh, well, I didn't, I didn't really say anything maybe and, and kind of brush it off. Whereas the damage has already been done to the black body or the brown body and the, 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 that insidiousness, as you, as you said, has already been placed, right? And it's, I feel like it's so important for people to, there's this, there's a thing that I hear a lot and it comes mostly from white people, white bodies, white coaches and things of that nature and it's this idea of a uterine lottery have you ever heard this thing no so it's often brought up when you know coaches are talking about um you can do this and it's based really on meritocracy and it's based really on pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Everybody can do this. We can all do this. Everyone, everyone has the same opportunities. And then they come in with, it doesn't matter who you are, what you look like. It says, you know, I'm a white, whatever, but the uterine lottery, it just so happens that, you know, we all fell in differently with the uterine lottery. And so we get kind of what we get, but that should not determine how far we can go. To a certain extent, I understand. One of the problems I have with that is in any lottery, there are winners or a winner and losers. And my question is, when we're talking about this uterine lottery, who's winning here? And how is that even, how does that even relate to me as a black body, right? Mm. That they want to talk to all people, but they say these things that are, that we go, what? Do you even understand where I'm coming from? And that sort of thing, right? And I kind of feel that that story that you just told is kind of along those lines. It's like, do you even understand what I'm saying to you right now? Or do you even understand how this affects me right Mm -hmm. now? You have just taken and run with what you think is the, is the deal without really listening and hearing Mm -hmm. what I'm saying is the deal. Right. So it's so interesting to me. Whenever I hear that, I always have this reaction and I've examined myself to see if it's just a knee-jerk reaction or if it's really one of those gut things that is just bothering me and I just can't verbalize why it's bothering me but because I've been in this body all my life I know that there's something there that's just not sitting right with me Mm. right Mm -hmm. so 
when we, if we go back to that situation, how do you think, like, what would be your suggested solution to that? Like, what are the ways that the instructor could have been more sensitive to and done something differently Mm. in that situation for you? I'm going to answer that question like in conjunction with what you all just said because it Mm -hmm. resonated so much. For at first you were talking about how like we as black people, like some people just don't understand where we're coming from or Mm -hmm. are and so they don't they try to like skirt around what they feel what they feel might be happening Mm -hmm. um and like ignore it. Mm. Um and Resma Menekem talks a lot about um white stamina and how Mm. white bodied people have not built up the stamina to hold space for these Mm. very tough conversations around you know Mm. race (laughs) um Mm. and so i have to i I even ask myself like what have i not built up the stamina to talk about and how am i you know practicing you know building that up how am i Mm. gaining muscle memory with that Mm -hmm. um And so when it came to that particular situation, I think if I was that instructor, um, like you said, I wouldn't have assumed anything. Mm. I wouldn't have assumed that this person who was coming to me and the rest of the people in the group for support and advice that I knew their story and Mm. I knew what ailed them if it was even an ailment. Mm. Um, (laughs) I I had a feeling that there might've been some of that in there of like, like dysphoria of um, gender, um, like almost like he was trying to heal this confusion within me and it didn't need healing. And also that wasn't what was in the room at that time. Right. (laughs) Um, So I think that if he would have removed um, and, and maybe been a little bit more vulnerable with the dynamic Mm. of like him being the instructor, him being the white cis hetero male in this in in this conversation and realizing that like this is a chance for me to feel into understanding where this person is coming from and understanding that maybe I won't fully understand but Mm -hmm. I can ask questions around it and maybe we can Mm -hmm. work together on a solution instead of assuming just so much and Mm. and then isolating me like he had me alone stand up to do this like weird Affirm- affirmation <laughs> practice that was absolutely horrendous it's like yes. <laughs> like being in church and like the person be like you're getting you're saved getting- today <laughs> you don't have a choice you're getting saved <laughs> tell me all your sins and then we'll just throw in the holy water on me I don't know how to get saved but like you know like I don't need that I didn't come right. for that I did not come for that so I, I think that that would be really key and even if that, so let's say that that didn't happen, like it it stayed the same situation later on. I think Mm -hmm. it would have been wonderful for him to come back, circle back to me, maybe one-on-one. I think if I was me now, I would have gone to him, but Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have to do that labor. It is not Mm -hmm. on me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but for my own peace Mm -hmm. of mind, I would have been like, listen, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) let me help you out. Yes, exactly. It's clearly you need a little you, help. Like I just spit some truth at you real quick. Um, but he could have come back and been like, I noticed that what I said didn't really end the way I thought it was going to. Mm-hmm. We talk about it. 
and and like also apologize like understand why you're apologizing I I don't like fake apologies right Um, yes yes so that that could have been some of the solutions sure yeah 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 I think I think that you're that you're right with all of that there there could have been there could have been a very enlightening conversation after that after the fact had he because you said that you think that he noticed that there was a problem so if he noticed then he it would have been nice had he come and said you know I noticed it just I, I, I I'm not sure what happened there but I felt uncomfortable and I feel that you felt uncomfortable can you tell me why or because then it could have opened up a better conversation about what you were talking about. It could have opened up the opportunity for him to learn more about you versus assuming about you because of the question that you asked or the statement that you made of wanting what your desire was. I I, I understand that desire right? That desire to have people understand that if they're, if they're assuming that you're a woman and they're just, they're, that might not be who shows up the day that they decide that they want to work with you. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be more of your masculine self that shows up. It might mm-hmm. be more of your neutral self that shows up. So making that clear to them that, that simply what they need is to have you as a human, a person doing this work you know, with them, regardless of their preconceived gender roles or ideas. That's what's important. Mm-hmm. He might have learned something. Too bad for him. Yep, too bad. <laughs> too bad. That's exactly what I saw. I was like, oh. <laughs> too, too bad for I don't know. Right? Oh, okay. Yes. So, you yeah. know. <sighs> yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, this is why I have these conversations. Because mm-hmm. I feel that so many times, there are so many things. Because I know, in, even in my little sheltered life, there are so many things that have happened that are not reportable. Who are you going to go tell? Who's gonna who's gonna listen? Who's gonna care? Right? But these things, these little things are the little things that get under, under, under. Yes. It's, I, it's oh, beneath the skin. It's yes. so beneath the skin. And you're right. Who are you gonna tell? Like, how do you explain these microaggressions that you go through on a day-to-day basis? And so we start to question if it's us that's yes. wrong. Yes. And that's that's a dangerous place to be in. That's not a good place to be because we need to be able to believe ourselves. We need to be able to believe ourselves. We need to be able to go, you know what? Which is why I constantly say, look, I've been in this body for 52 years, 52 years. That means I, there are certain things that I know and I see and I perceive. And when I perceive it and I am not able to articulate it to you, that does not mean it did not happen and it did not cause me harm. Mm-hmm. It just simply means that you are not, you haven't been in this body for the same amount. You had never been in this body. It means that you need to take, like you said, create space to listen. Yeah. So So when someone is not creating space at all, 
those are the people you just don't even bother with because they they're not even they're not even they're not even at the starting line yeah you're yeah you're not you're not gonna resonate there's not gonna be a place of resident if you do resonate it's gonna be a lot of um at a cost of labor a lot of your labor your labor you, yep and are you wanting to do that labor are you ready to drain yourself that much because that's what's gonna happen you're gonna yeah. drain yourself mm-hmm. so absolutely no so <laughs> <laughs> just mm-mm. again okay <laughs> absolutely not mm-mm. no <laughs> so goddess if we're sitting here let's say it's like three years down the line no more pandemic we figured that out we're all you know out and about we can hug each other again have that human connection again and all of those things and we're sitting and we're celebrating like we are really like so excited about something that has taken place what has taken place as far as you are concerned mm, I just picture you and I like we're both traveling and just happen to be meeting like in the same yes. city Cause we were both doing our consulting thing and we just had some time and we're like, Oh, you going to be at this? Let's get, let's get some dinner. Um, <laughs> that's how I feel it's going to happen. Um, let's manifest that. Mm. Um, and I feel for me, I, th- I think I would be celebrating. Oh, um, finally getting some big investors to come and support Sunseed. That feels so good and so bright. <laughs> yes. Um, and also being able to make Sunseed my full-time commitment mm-hmm. for work. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And not just like this side hustle that's a mm-hmm. big dream as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, I, 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 f- I feel good with those things. I feel like those are a lot... Um, good things to to, to I like more. that yeah just spreading the word of sunseed you know going to different places and mm-hmm. and having beautiful conversations like this one what would you celebrate yes. I want to <laughs> what would we celebrate for you what would we cheers into man you know for me I think three years down the line I would celebrate if my podcast was reaching such a large audience that people were starting to have the same conversations themselves that it would resonate so much that people would be having the same conversations themselves so they would say hey did you hear that conversation what do you think about that did you hear that conversation Sadie had with goddess and they were talking about how you know white people aren't holding space what do you think about that I think that I would really celebrate that because it would bring on more conversation and it would help people to be more introspective, hopefully. That's the hope, you know, and go, I never thought of it that way. Now that I am thinking of it that way, I'm a manager in this office. What can I do differently? I'm a CEO. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business person right now what can I do differently so that some of these things don't happen or I am able to address some of these things what is it that I need to learn how do I need to grow that would be cake 
Yes, yes. <laughs> so we'll be celebrating that together. Yes, and I feel like that's already going yes. to start happening just by you starting the podcast and already yes. having these conversations. You're planting those seeds, and like it's going to grow and grow and grow. So these conversations are going to already be happening, and then they'll just yes. get to a bigger scale three years down the line. Yes, yes. And that is, that would be, like I said, that would be cake. Yes. So when you're gone, well, before I get to that question, is there anything that you would have liked me to have asked you and I didn't, but that you would like to answer at this moment? I would say like just resource wise, again, Mm -hmm. um, people that inspire me are Rev. Angel Kyoto Williams of Radical Dharma, um, Lama Rod also of Radical Dharma, Resma Menachem. Um, There are people out there who are like, just like you, Sadie, there are people having these conversations and have wonderful resources. We need to Uh, we need to be going to them and we also need to be paying them especially white body people you need to be paying black bodied people for this work and stop investing in white body people for this work yes say it again girl i mean <laughs> i'm sorry say it again <laughs> it's okay <laughs> no i know i get it i do it too i'm like yes girl any kind of gender i do i do i do i do um but uh and i need to get better like it's not so true but, yes we're but, all learning we're all but, learning exactly but, but i am like, aware so i'm hoping that that awareness comes you. through <laughs> thank you thank you um yes. but but yes yeah, seriously we need to start paying black people for this labor mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. all right well what's something you hope people will remember about you when you transverse this plane yes a sunseed community is my legacy like that is that is a part of my legacy so i mm-hmm. hope that it carries on and there's new reiterations of it that dream bigger than even what i can dream for it after i you know leave mm-hmm. um this this realm in this lifetime mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, honestly, I have a big dream of having a child of my own. So mm. that is that that is that is something I hope to to leave here on this earth too is, mm. is a little one. Oh and that manifest. So yeah. May that manifest. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right. So we were talking about your kitchen in the middle and your garden and all of that stuff. Yes. And so, what is your favorite dish? What will you be cooking oh. for everybody there in the Sunsea community when you guys oh are, when, you're, when we're all celebrating this beautiful community of yours? Mm, I feel like, it's not my favorite dish, but I feel like soups are like a wonderful <sighs> amalgam of just all the things in your kitchen, and mm. it can make an abundance of food. So like you, you trying to whip something up, your friends are coming over. You like, let me just make some, throw some stuff in a yes. pot. It always ends up in like a pasta form or a soup form for me yes. at least. So I feel like it. I love that. What is it? The the stones, the stone soup. Uh, oh. like children's like it would be yes. like that. So everyone would just go out in the garden and yes. we would grab what feels Whatever good to our souls. Yes. yes, and we would just whip some up. We would all be in there like mixing the spices. Ooh. Um, that feels that feels really good. That feels really good. My mom makes like this delicious spicy cabbage soup. 
Um, yes. It might be a little bit of that. She also makes really good chili. So who knows? Ooh, I right. love it. I love soup. I think that it is like, I think that it's, uh, it's the food of the gods because all, everything stays in it. Right. So you put everything in it and vitamins, everything stays in it. That's why people always say, oh, you need some soup when you feel sick. You need some soup because all the vitamins and nutrients, everything stays in it. Yes. I love soup. And it is very communal. And I can see it in my mind's eye. Everybody coming to have some soup at the Sunsea community. And where would the Sunsea community be? Where, oh. where are you? I'm currently in Iowa and I thought okay. about having it here. I'm not sure though. Like I really miss the mountains. Um, okay. I lived in Colorado for about four or five years. Okay. So I might, I might be, I might be there. I want it to be accessible. Yes. But yes. I, I picture lots of trees, lots and lots of trees. Mm. There might be mm -hmm. some mountains going on. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, that is so beautiful. And I, it has been such a pleasure to have this conversation with you, Goddess. Thank, Thank you, you so much for agreeing to be on the show, or for applying to be on the show. <laughs> yeah. Because we got to make ourselves known. I don't know that I would have found you on my own, or maybe I would have found you like years and years, right? But it's so good. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Here. Yeah. This has been wonderful. It is an honor, and congratulations on starting this. It's it's much needed. Much, much, much needed. Thank you. I'm really excited about it, and I'm excited about Sunseed for real. Did you enjoy that episode? If so, be sure to subscribe, download, rate, review, and share, because it's no fun if your friends don't know what you're talking about. Be sure to join us next time when we'll be talking to June Kim. <laughs>